melting. Welcome to Underfoot. Welcome to episode 326 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly. This week I'm joined by English Dan. Hello and welcome. And Andres. Hello. It's not raining today, which is slightly unusual in Hand of Pod terms. If it does rain in a week, it tends to rain while we're recording. Hopefully it's going to rain tomorrow night. It's not actually that hot today, is it, compared with yesterday, but it, it's still hot. It's hot um, enough here. Yeah. Yes. Wednesday was good. We are not recording uh, because yeah. here we have a, a, an image. Which yes, it's. Do you um, mean the fact that I've got my shirt open? Yeah, I, it's the, it, you, the you're lucky I'm wearing any clothes. I've, yes. I've been sitting in my own living room just in my pants all afternoon, so I thought I had to put some clothes on to come out, and I think that's why I've started to sweat so much because I've been, my body's got used to not having any clothes on anyway. So what tier of Patreon usage does one need to be to get those kind of images? So? That's a good point. Patreon supporters, <laughs> if, if you want to pay, if, okay. if you want to pay extra for this, then let me know how much you think my body is worth, and uh, well, perhaps we can start charging ten dollars to people who don't want to see that. Though. Oh, hey, that, that could be an even better point. We'll yes. see, maybe $5 to see it and $10 not to. Yeah. We'll see, you know. We'll, we'll make, you, listen, we'll make you watch on video, unless you pay us extra for just the audio. Um, we are sponsored now, as we announced last week, by Fanatis, who provide the best image and the best way of watching the Argentine Superliga and the Copa Argentina from outside South America. Um we're going to be announcing a little bit later in the podcast the winner of a six-month free subscription, that uh, prize draw that we held last week, and, and Fanatis have told us who the winner is um, this afternoon. Um, so check them out. If you're not the lucky winner, then you should go to the following address, please, or to one of the links that we post on Twitter, on the Facebook page, or on our blog. It's fntz.co just on its own, like, mm-hmm. C-O, slash H-O-P. Um, and it's if Columbia, you use... Right? Yes, it is. But I, I've noticed a lot of um, uh, website shortening companies and, and various other places have started to use it. Um, and if you use the code H-O-P-F-Z, or H-O-P-F-Z if you're American, then you will get 20% off your first three months of a Fanatis subscription. I'm asking you to use that URL that I just mentioned, by the way, because Fanatis are going to be tracking their listeners uh, and, and that's how they're going to be tracking who we've sent you to so if all of our listeners sign up with five different Fanatis accounts each but you just do it by going to the home page then this sponsorship isn't going to last very long because they're going to think that we're not sending them anybody and if uh, they click on the link but don't subscribe if they click on the link then, then we still get a little bit if they subscribe via the link then we get a significant amount more Excellent. So, so whether you subscribe or not, please click on the Yes, link. as as long as you live outside Latin America. If you live in Latin America, then they're not going to be tracking the link. So, you know, don't, don't worry about it, basically. Or, or do, because they're a wonderful company. Um, but it, it won't affect our numbers. Andres, I can see you bursting yes. to say something. Yes, let me add some, something, because uh, it's something interesting, at least for me. 
which is that uh, if you go to their Twitter account, they have you have uh, the possibility to check the content available in your in, in the country you are living. Mm. And of course, if you are in Argentina, you can't watch Superliga, and if you are in Chile, you can't watch Chilean uh, tournament. But uh, checking that, you can see that in some places you can also watch, for example, TSC Sports. Yes, TSC Sports yeah. International. Uh, yeah, they have TSC Sports, one of the Brazilian channels, and I think a Chilean channel, a sort of premium option. And as well. a, a golf channel, States, which, I, I mean, if you like golf, you have, a, apart from that... Oh, I didn't uh, realize that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's something that uh, perhaps gets some, uh, makes the... the, the Make people interested in in the, in the mm. subscrip- subscription something like extra or a bonus. Absolutely. So um, check them out, and as I said, we'll be announcing the winner of that prize draw a bit later in this episode. We will now get on to the results from the weekend just gone in the Superliga. Well, not just gone actually, because it's Thursday evening as we record this, so it was ages ago already. Ages. Um, but here they were: Union versus Atletico Tucumán ended three nil. Uh, Belle Sarsfield versus Colón was 1-1 in Liniers, and San Martín de Tucumán and Belgrano drew 0-0 all on Friday evening. On Saturday, San Lorenzo won, Newell's Old Boys won. We mentioned that that wasn't going to be a very good game last week, and it turned out to be a bit better than I expected. Uh, Patronato 0, Aldo Civi 0, Gimnasia 0, Defensa y Justicia 1, San Martín de San Juan 1, Independiente 1. That Second last result that I mentioned, of course, meant that Defensa Justicia went three points clear, having played a game more than Racing in the Superliga. On Sunday, Tacheres nil, Huracan nil, Rosario Central nil, Tigre two, Boca Juniors two, Lanús one, and Banfield one, River Plate one. And on Monday, Argentinos Juniors two, Estudiantes de la Plata one, and Racing went back to the joint top of the Superliga with a 3 nil home win over Godoy Cruz. <clears throat> Where do we start? There was quite a bit to talk about this week and actually having said San Lorenzo v. Newells was better than There's I thought. There's one more game in the sure week as well which was a little bit more recently. There was, yes. Oh, you're quite right. Yeah, yes. sorry. I was thinking of the continental ones which we'll get up to in a bit but you're quite right. On Wednesday night uh, Boca Juniors hosted uh, Atletico Tucumán in the game that Boca had in hand due to the Copa Libertadores last year. Um, and they lost uh, Atletico Tucumán 1-2-1 that was, that was also a very good game actually. it was very um, which we will talk about in a bit San Lorenzo Newells as I said it, it was a bit better actually I've just checked the stats again and it was the game I was thinking of which was rather more entertaining than it ought to have been considering how poor both of those teams are but, but we're not going to talk that much about you, it you just have uh, said that the results and I think that except for Rosario Central Tigre and uh, Argentina Juniors Estudiantes that uh, both no, sorry, Rosario Central lost to Tigre and mm. uh, um, Argentinos beating Estudiantes are, I think, for me at least, the only two surprising results mm. we could say. I mean, I was quite surprised by Union beating Atletico Tucumán by three goals. Union had a decent early part of the season, um, but even with that win, they're only up to tenth. And Atletico Tucumán. Are I was surprised yeah. too, but. Ricardo Zielinski, the, the coach of uh, Atletico Tucumán, uh, said yesterday, uh, last night, when they beat Boca, that they had, I, I didn't realize, but they, that they saved players in order to play the last night against Boca. Ah. So they had the reserves or substitutes, or what? Well, uh, not the base or the main team uh, against Union, so that they could play against Boca with the 
best players. Another reason that Ricardo Sielinski has been in the news in the last 24 hours is that Atletico Tucumán don't know how much longer he's going to be their manager for. They would like him to continue being the manager. They, they, the, the directors have said that they think he's the perfect manager for the club. Well, it's been there um, for a while, right? Two years, but possibly. Apparently, is his family are, are in Buenos Aires, and obviously yes. he had a, a very long time in Cordoba um, before briefly taking the Racing job. Um, and he's starting to get to the point where he would like to be able to spend more time with his family. Um, and so there's a chance that he might be leaving Atletico Tucumán, even though he'd actually quite like to stay. And the club would definitely like him to stay, but it doesn't work out for the personal no, point of view. It's not Next poker coaching. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stranger <laughs> things have happened, uh, possibly. That's not. not the case of Walter Cochete, who uh, quit as a manager of, uh, not manager, as a coach of uh, San Martín Tucumán, um, and uh, Pedro Trollio, who lost, uh, well, Gimnasia lost to Defensa y Justicia, and he also left. They are both, uh, with, of course, a very difficult situation in the relegation zone. Mm. So um, that's are the news about coaches. Of course, Zielinski with the possibility of continue of, of getting yeah, more. Zielinski will keep going to the end of the season at least. Oh yeah, yeah. I, th- I don't think he's expected no to leave right to now. now yeah. no. um, anyway, the main weekend talking points. Like we have to start with the title race again. Defensivo Tizia uh, did not wait until the ninety fifth minute to find the winner against Gimnasia. In fact, it came from in the fourteenth minute um, through Manuel. Guanini, Guanini. Yes. I, I, I always want to say Giannini but it's a U instead of an I um, it was a pretty you know deserved performance okay, overall yeah. so yeah defence scored early and then sort of invited Gimnasia to do something anything and it really didn't do anything Gimnasia it's hard to remember any real chances to, to get back in the game they're very listless uh, performance I think from hmm. from the hosts uh, which didn't do them any favours and also didn't do Racing any favours of course No um, one thing that I do wonder though with Defensive Oficia they had 11 shots on Saturday mm-hmm. only managed 3 on target only scored 1 mm-hmm. very similar although not identical to what they did last night in the Copa Sudamericana which was 11 shots 3 on target no goals uh, and we have talked, we mentioned, I think, in passing last week that they did, perhaps didn't score as many as their uh, attractive play. Uh, I don't know about the merits, but, but would you know, lead you to believe. If you looked at just the goals for column, then you might think that they were a bit more defensive than they actually are. Um, and so you're saying be- that their kind of attractive play doesn't necessarily translate into a lot of goals? Well, I'm saying that they seem quite wasteful in attack. Um, and actually, I've just remembered that there is somebody on Twitter, and I can't remember his username, who posts expected goals totals for the Argentine League. And I would be interested to see, I'm going to look it up when we have a break a bit later, what Defensive Justicia's expected goals um, would be like from the tournament. Because I suspect that they've been slightly overperforming, given their difficulty in getting chances actually on target. Um, which obviously could mean something for the, the title running. Um, but for the moment, they're, they're plugging away. They were unfortunate, maybe, or naive to go out of the Copa Sudamericana on Wednesday night. They lost 3 0 eventually to Botafogo. Um, they must have played a, a few reserves, games. right? I didn't see the game, but. It was, know. no, it was pretty much full strength. Leonel Miranda was a half time substitute, which was slightly mm-hmm. unusual, but apart from that, it was largely a full strength mm-hmm. side. I just think they got Boca on Sunday. Like. Mm. But um, no, they, they, were, they were taking it seriously, and. Uh, it was two of Botafogo's goals came came quite late on. 
Um, and during the first half in particular, defence were so far on top that it was comical. I mean, Botafogo barely got out of their own half. I think they touched the ball once in, defense, in the defensive of DCR box. Um, but then they scored quite early in the second half and, and that was all she wrote, um, as it were. But anyway, in the league, they're still going strong, albeit tending to win quite narrowly. Racing are not winning quite so narrowly. They're winning with rather more comfort. Was it two goals from Saracho and one two from Two goals Lissandra? from Matisse Saracho and the opener from Lisandro Lopez. Uh, for a very convincing 3-0 win, which could have been more, to be honest. Uh, Racing could have had a couple of penalties that were, um, that were overlooked. There was some, a handful of extremely good chances as well that were saved or, or went awry. And yeah, it was just what Racing needed, I think, after a, a pretty difficult week, losing to, to River and then the whole Ricardo, Ricardo Centurion hubbub. Um, they'd actually played um, just as we were recording last week they played very well I thought in the Sudamericana to hold well not really hold I guess um, to be held mm. uh, one all by Corinthians in their first leg game uh, I think a last minute equaliser by one of the Corinthians players so I can't remember now but it was encouraging and it goes to show I'm guessing that everyone who said you know just by losing to the best team in uh, in the Americas was a terminal crisis they weren't going to bounce back from stupid really because they lost to a very good team Racing is still a very good team on their own merit and they showed it by taking apart a Guadalupe Cruz team who admittedly uh, are not the best at the back they're defending is absolutely terrible mm. as they've shown against River and Boca so far in 2019 I think between the three they've shipped something like nine goals uh, Gustavo Mosquito was the person who got the late equaliser for Corinthians. Let me check Godoy Cruz's Mosquito. Mosquito. recent matches. Came back uh, to bite us in the ass. Yes, I fly. Oh, very good, yes. Uh, <laughs> but they that... conceded two to Boca, four yes. to River, so that's six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, well done. Andres. No, but that, the draw that uh, Dan has just mentioned against Corinthians, uh, that could have been a victory, was an analysis by Jose Mourinho for a, an, I think, for an online channel that were broadcasting the, the Sudamericana and he yeah. said a lot oh, yeah, this yes he said a lot of good things for Chacho well, team well yeah that's nice Marcelo Diaz is playing in slippers he yeah. said um, <laughs> among other things no surprise that he picked the defensive midfielder out of course but, of course yeah. there you go. Um, so shades of Fellaini I'm sure I know Sam is not a very good fan a big fan of Bloody hell, sorry, an advert started playing on my phone. I thought I had my phone on mute, so I apologise for that. Carry on, Andres. Uh, no, I know that you're not a very big fan of Joseph Mourinho, and especially after the campaign at the United, but come on, it's like, I think as a, as a uh, well, uh, well, as a famous coach, he, it's, uh, for me, it was a surprise also to, to be aware of Argentine football. Hmm. Perhaps he studied Racing just for that match and, and, and he doesn't care any, anymore. I mean, I, I thought he, he probably knows who Marcelo Diaz is because you know he's a, a seasoned international footballer. Um, yes. But yeah, I was I was also quite uh, struck by the fact that he was deigning to give the Copa Sudamericana his time. Um, certainly, yeah, it, it was. Uh, no I'm pretty sure he was getting paid for it, Sam. He probably didn't do it out of his... Uh, no, true. Out of goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't look into who, who was paying him to do it, because, I mean, was it a South American broadcaster he was talking to, or...? I don't know. Anyway, yes. to drag this kicking and screaming away from, 
from Mourinho. Yes, please. Yeah, the perfect response really from Racing, a result that puts them back joint top um, and probably fairly good preparation for the next uh, acid test, which is going to decide if Racing are in terminal crisis or not, which comes uh, on Saturday. We'll get to Mm. that in a little bit. We will. Um, And it also answers a question that nobody apart from me was posing which I did pose last week on, on this podcast, which was we haven't what we've seen so far is Racing winning and then Defensive Odisia having to win a day later or two days later to keep up. But how will Racing cope when the boots on the other foot and Defensive Odisia playing first? Is it going to be more pressure on Racing knowing they have to win to stay joint top? No. Um, and they answered it quite neatly. On three of the four weekends, Racing have played second. Have they? Only the game against River they played first. That felt like the opposite. Anyway, I said it last week no, and you didn't yeah. challenge me. So. Um, there I think I've that explains why I was the only person who was who was asking the question. Though. Indeed, um, but it will be the the case again on Sunday, of course. When mm. defence uh, don't they don't travel to Boca, they host Boca. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, with a stadium full of home fans, which Boca aren't too mm. happy about. But defence we'll this year have decided uh, what what the the case by the way because I've been asked this by a couple of people on Twitter the situation with away fans at the moment is that they're not allowed in at all in the city of Buenos Aires so it's a jurisdiction by jurisdiction thing mm-hmm. um, for those of you who've not been down here the city of Buenos Aires includes of the big five it includes River and San Lorenzo and Boca um, it also includes Vélez and Argentinos so that's it right in the super- oh and uh, uh, no, that is it in the Superliga at the moment, at least. Um, so the other clubs who we talk about as being the Buenos Aires clubs are actually in Greater Buenos Aires and are in the province. So that's Tigre, um, Defensa y Justicia. Yeah, there's loads of basically. Some smaller <laughs> clubs like Racing and Independiente. Yes. Um, then and Plata Club. And so forth. Yeah, then La Plata. All, all of that lot are in the province and it's a different security jurisdiction. So the security jurisdiction in the province of Buenos Aires has said if they say that a game can have away fans, then it is then up to the home club to decide whether they are going to allow away fans in. Um, Boca are up in arms about this at the moment because Boca are the only one of the big five so far this season who have not been able to take away fans to any matches. All of the other big five have had away fans in at least one match. Um, Boca were going to have away fans allowed in against Independiente, but the security people, I think, dragged their feet so much and took such a long time to confirm that they would be okay with it that by the time they did, Independiente had already sold all the tickets. Um, to obviously, you know, to their own to their own fans, because on the assumption they weren't going to be allowed to allow Boca fans in for an all big five clash, um, and Defensivo DC have now taken the, the decision that rather than take the money and pack the stadium out with Boca fans, they would rather have the stadium as full as possible of their own fans um, and use that as a sort of sporting advantage rather than a financial advantage, as it were. Um, so Boca are, are not too happy, but. That's the situation for Defensive Justicia v Boca this this weekend, or at least it's going to be the situation in the stands. And in the meantime, we're all waiting for away fans to just be allowed back into stadiums in Argentina. And indeed for the police to learn how to police it all properly. They were present for one game last weekend. Go on. um, Which saw two old friends get back together and almost kill each other, I think, by the end, when the game got a little bit spicy. Oh, yes, of course. Sorry, I, I forgot which match you were talking about. Banfield versus River Plate was very one-sided. Um, Banfield were fantastic. Van Crepo is still looking for his first win as a manager, but with this kind of play, Banfield need to stick with him, and, and once he gets it, I think they're going to get a few, because you know we talked about how poor they were at the back against Tigre the week before in that 4-4 draw. Um, 
but their attacking players improved enormously. River, Banfield were helped by the fact that River put in possibly their poorest performance. Um, they were unrecognisable of, from the game against. The I'm not going to say of the season because, day. but but it was definitely their poorest performance of the previous sort of seven or eight days. Um, but in the middle they had they had played against uh, Rosario Central. <clears throat> Oh, they had, and they, they had also drew 1-1 that's right that was, that was the Three days one remaining before. game of the four that River started the year in hand so those four matches in hand River picked up one point uh, <laughs> by losing the first three and then and then drawing with Central um, against Central they were it was a it was a tight game it was fairly tricky but against Banfield they, they were just they were poor yes. um, and River are like this they are as Dan says you know the best team in the Americas in big games <laughs> When they want to turn up, and when they had the possibility to, of course, narrow the, like the difference. Now it's again a long distance because, of course, as they go to command, beating Boca means that they have 35 points and River that have, have 30. Mm. Um, of course, they they some, sometimes it happens that River wants Boca to win, and I think this could have been the case because uh, by beating Atletico to command. They they now will have 32 points, and, and it will be uh, more in hand in mm. hand to River. It was a funny um, game to be honest, because as I mentioned in that kind of slightly mysterious introduction, this was obviously uh, Crespo's first game against River as a as a coach. He gave Marcelo Gallardo, obviously a former teammate. Uh, they won the Copa Libertadores together as players. Well, not quite. Because as I said on your tweet, together, it depends on how you define together, because Crespo was subbed off in the 86th minute of the second leg of the 1996 Libertadores final, which was actually Crespo's last ever game for River as a player. Well, they um, were in the same squad. Indeed, yeah. yeah and, they both had and his replacement, on the same team. His replacement was a young Marcelo Gachardo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously Crespo had scored two goals in that match yes. uh, to, to win the cup. So I, I just I, I thought that was a good excuse it's, to put a, a It's a good bit of trivia, I do like that. Yeah. It was all very, yeah, all very lovey-dovey. You had the two sets of fans in the stadium. Crespo gave Gacharo a big hug, all his technical team a big hug. And then the game kind of, it got a little bit nasty. There was some pretty, pretty meaty heft, challenges. Meaty yeah. challenges and um, quite a, a bit of polemic. And then the lights wow. went out. And then the lights uh, went out. The true. lights went out. Twenty was it? Twenty seven minutes in. Yeah. Yes, twenty seven minutes in, and they were out for eighteen minutes. I was trying to remember which I mean, way around. The games finished at what? Nearly midnight in the end. And yeah, it was I was knackered watching it. I don't know how the fans who were then that no. have to work on Monday. According to Gallardo's yeah. version, uh, I can't wait for the new government to come in and get rid of these Sunday nine thirty kickoffs. Like, well, the the previous government who were in direct opposition to the current government it was was the one who introduced them so I don't know whether the new one's actually going to do anything but uh, no they did say they were going to cross do it our that was four years ago yeah. and they're still going Gajaro said and he was sure about it of course we don't know it uh, Manfield says of course the opposite way uh, that a, a, a player player from Manfield wanted an, either to pee or poop we don't know oh yeah there was, I remember there was some sort of toilet uh, and that's that, that uh, why uh, the, the cut was on purpose Yes, that was one of the big talking points of the weekend. So they said they cut the power so someone could go and take a shit. Yeah, um, which obviously <laughs> I don't like to ridiculous. say that only in Argentina, but only in uh, southern kind. Because we're Argentina, I don't say that he's a liar, uh, but it's really, really uh, ridiculous or, or funny at least. Couldn't have heard it into half time. Like, was he that? 
Well, he's struggling. Yeah, I mean, much. you would think so. I mean, go before the game. What, what's? I'm, 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 you see it very occasionally. You, know? you see it in, in lots of leagues, and the, the, the team just have to play with ten men for. Yeah, for, for sounds, a short while. But, sounds uh, ridiculous because Banfield was playing better at that point. Yeah, yes, uh, that was the other point. Yeah, was, yeah as, as Hernan Crespo said after the game when, when he was asked about it, you know, why would I want to, to cut the lights and cut our momentum? We were, yeah, they were, we were playing very well. Ah, very good performance. Banfield were completely on top. Very pleasant. In the end, we were good. Could have won it because Banfield, of course, they were kids that played with a lot, of, a lot of enthusiasm and playing well, not only running. And I, I think that, uh, or if I'm not wrong, Arbole, except Arboleda, all of the players were from the yeah, divisions or minor divisions. Mm. Um, <clears throat> because Datolo and Sibeli are the, are the old players. Yeah. Old, uh, of course, not old, but the biggest or the, the oldest. And then so there were. Left Ursi, I think, had a very, very good game. Yes, he Fontana when he scored, yeah, I think. Fontana is a, very good. It's a forward, in fact. But, uh, he was outside, but yeah, he's yeah. good. On the left, at least. Yeah. Um, um, and in the end, River could have won it because, uh, well, when Suarez went, in, went into the match, he showed some of his uh, abilities of, or performances. And uh, but I think in the end, uh, the, the, the the draw was was fair. Even when Manfield being much better in the first half, then in the second half, I think it was a bit more even. I mean, I, uh, I think. I don't know. River came on in like the last ten minutes or fifteen minutes. I yes. thought they woke up really. Before that, I thought they were lucky to get away with it. Um, but the, the, River's equaliser. Sorry, Agustin Fontana scored for yes. Banfield, and River's equaliser was at eighty third, so lateish. Um, it was it was a, a penalty from Lucas Prato, which was saved, and he then tucked away the rebound before the defenders could get there. And Gintero almost scores for third consecutive oh, yeah. that time. Yeah, yes. yeah. With he another scoring another stunner. Yeah. Um, if if he does it enough, then it's going to get to the point where every time River have a free kick in that area of the pitch, the goalkeeper isn't going to know whether to come for a cross or not. I, I think Quintero should a bad weapon to be. Honest, he, he, know, should try them for a, he should try them for a couple more matches in a row, and then start putting crosses up towards the far post or towards the penalty spot, and the goalkeepers aren't going to know where to Just stand. Just keeping the keeper now to the front post. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, enough about Bill Red because it doesn't actually mean very much for the, the title race or anything like that. Who have we not covered in the big five? Oh, San Lorenzo Newells, which, as I said, was a bit more fun than we were expecting it to be, and that's about all we can say. Um, I can't remember an awful lot. I, I watched it, but I can't remember much of it yeah. now. Um, and San Martín de San Juan versus Independiente, which also finished 1-1. Can we remember anything about that? Well, I didn't um, actually see it. Oh, Cecilio Dominguez scored his first goal for yes. Independiente. Um, yeah, I saw as much of that with a free kick. Very nice free kick. No, yeah. kind of same as you know, say uh, business as usual for Independiente, right? Like these very uneven results, kind of failing to score that many goals, letting in quite silly goals. Like, yeah, it's been a very uh, mixed season, I think, for for Avish. You know, the second side. Second, mm. <laughs> yeah. See what you did there, Dom. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and it was the first, uh, uh, as well as Almiron is uh, still looking for his first victory, being the coach of San Lorenzo. Pablo Perez was looking for his first sent off, and he got it. Ah, Pablo Perez has got a red card at yes. last for Independiente. Congratulations! It's taken lost, was it four games? Three, three or four games or something else. Um, in the relegation battle, I'm just trying to remind myself of which the teams are. Uh, a big boost for Tigre, who finally Massive won. Massive boost for Tigre, as Handapod extra listeners will already know, because I talked about it on Sunday night. Um, but that win for Tigre 
uh, against who did they play? I've forgotten. Oh, against Rosario mm-hmm. Central, of course. Yeah, it was it was uh, a very impressive performance. They were one 0 up after ten minutes and two 0 up through Lucas Hanson by half time, and actually thoroughly deserved it. The first half in particular, they were excellent, and then in the second half, it was it was like watching a, a big or you know really informed team when they're playing slightly out of sorts, uh, lower uh, second bottom half of the league stragglers and sort of just keeping them at arm's length without needing to exert themselves much um, it was bizarre to watch it was Nestor Gorosito's first match back in charge of I think it's his third spell or fourth spell Must in charge of Tigre third, yeah. um, and his first win and if they can keep it up then unfortunately they're almost definitely not going to survive anyway but they were boosted by the fact that Patronato who drew 0-0 with Aldo Sibi San Martín de Tucumán and Belgrano who drew 0-0 with each other um, and Gimnasia lost Argentinos won um, San Martín de San Juan um, drew with Independiente but Argentinos I don't think are, they're not one of the teams who, who Tigre need to worry about I don't think so it means that Tigre in the relegation struggle are still second bottom San Martín de Tucumán are bottom with less than a point a game Tigre are now on uh, 77 points from 76 matches and they're still some way behind. So the, the other teams are Belgrano with 82, Patronato with 84, and then in safety at the moment, San Martín de San Juan with 85 points. Those are all from 76 matches. So How many Tigre matches are left? Got, six? There are, six yeah, there are six games to go. So 18 points to play for. Tigre are eight points behind San Martín de San Juan. Mm. But if they can put together a run, if they can put together a run, if Montillo, they need to win then, four out of six. If Montillo continues yeah, playing the way he played against Rosario Central and I, the previous match, I don't remember who they played against. It's a four all against Bamford, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they they have possibilities because they, he he played the, the uh, like he played in the best uh, moments in Crusader was Brazil. Yes. I uh, think they've left it too late, I mean, to be honest. I, I think they have as well. Because it's been coming this win. They've played some really nice football already in 2019, as we mentioned last week against mm. Banfield. Like, really not good flowing football. Like, not the kind of play you'd associate with a relegation battler at all. No. Um, but they can't but yeah, it's, they, it's too late. They've been conceding too many. They've yes. already lost to Gimnasia. They drew with San Martín de Tucumán. This weekend, tomorrow, in fact, on Friday, so today, by the time this podcast goes up, uh, they host Patronato. So that's a big Huge. point sixer, as we say on Hand of Pod. Then they're away to Venice. <laughs> I've forgotten about points. Uh, well, because the, you average it. I like, do, so un- yeah, I remember, I understand. I've just forgotten we used to use uh, that phrase. Indeed. You haven't polished that one up for, uh, for a while. No. Uh, Venice uh, hosts Tigre on, in round 21. Then they're at home to Union and then away to Tacheres, which are two distinctly tougher-looking fixtures. And their last two matches are at home to Racing. Oh, we've got to play them, yeah. And then away to River, um, the best team in the Americas, mm, who might sorry, or might not be might that. or might not be massively bothered by that match. So actually, I, I don't think that. I'm sure. Precisely. Think, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're good. Point. Sorry. Yeah, River might well be trying to qualify for the Libertadores. I think at that some match, point, they've got they to take the league seriously. You would think so. Even if it's just for the last match. I mean, since Cachaldo took charge, we've been waiting for four and a half years for them to take the league seriously. And it they took it in one match and it was against, against Racing. Yeah. Why? <laughs> what is this? Um, anyway, so that's, that's Tigris' situation. It, it's, it's a win that was deserved. It's a win that, as Dan said, has been coming. Um, and it's a first win for Nestor Gorosito in his very first match in charge. 
but it's probably too late, you would think, uh, to make a difference. Um, player, gent- I, I actually I completely forgot to, to prepare you two for this, so Ooh. I apologise. But the player who's given us the best image of the round, this, this is a new section on Pod that's sponsored by Fanatis, because you can get the best image of the Argentine League. This is... No, but this is an easy one. But go on. Lissandro Lopez is... I had a feeling you'd say that. Beautiful kiss on the cheek of the equally beautiful Dario Svitanich. And the hug to Podes. Something out of art. And the hug, the big hug with uh, Chacho. So it was very affectionate, Lissandro, on Monday. He had to say that uh, it was only to support him, not because uh, it has nothing to do with Sandorion, of course. Uh, he had to no, do... This is so crap. Like, the most important thing is that kiss was wonderful. Yes, but I think we do you know how, how Argentinian position there. You know <laughs> how Argentinian journalism is and uh, kissing or, or hugging uh, Caudet when one week after before he had a fight with uh, Centurion for a lot of journalists meant that he was against Centurion. I'm not interested. Shock horror. I really don't care. <laughs> Um, on that note we're going to refill our glasses and when we come back from this theme music we'll discuss some other stuff we will uh, we'll unveil the winner of the six month subscription to Fanatis um, and we will answer some listeners questions among other things so don't go away To the second half of Hand of Pod. Uh, first of all, thank you very much to all of our patrons. It's um, wonderful to have you supporting the podcast. We wouldn't have, as I've already mentioned, um, the pa- patronage of Fanatis uh, if it weren't for the support that you guys have shown us. So thank you very much indeed. Um, it's, it's tremendous if you want to become a patron uh, because we have had a, a very kind comment um, today from Stephen Hooley. I had the pleasure of meeting for a couple of pints on Saturday evening um, and who uh, was kind enough to tweet in and say how much he enjoys the Handapod extras. He says he prefers them to the proper version, which uh, w- they tend to be rather shorter, so that's at least one reason. That, definitely, an advantage, yeah. Yeah. definitely an advantage, um, So if you want to become a Handapod patron and find out what you're missing out on, then you can do so at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Handapod. Um, also, a word from our sponsors, Fanatis, who have very kindly decided to give a six-month subscription to one lucky winner who wrote in or tweeted in and correctly answered the questions that I sent you last week, which just to remind you were, what is the one-word nickname of Boca Juniors Stadium? Gentlemen, can you give me an answer to that one? You ask when we're not prepared, we don't get a chance to look it up. Yes, we have to... to, to The chocolate box, I believe. We have to study a bit. The bombonera... Uh, the scorer of River Plate's second goal in the Bernabeu in the second leg of the Copa Libertadores final last year was Juan Fernando Quintero. Everybody who tweeted in or wrote in got those two correct, which was the idea, really. I just wanted some proof that you actually had listened to the podcast and uh, knew what the questions were rather than trying to make them difficult. And you were then asked to provide the craziest thing that you've done um, to follow one of your teams in 
from a long way away, a, a, a distance. Uh, we had the following entries. I, I have to stress, we didn't pick these ones. The winner was, was actually chosen by the guys in the Fanatis office uh, this afternoon. I, I forwarded them all of them. Perfect Tommy tweeted in to say, In college, I managed to destroy three laptops with viruses while trying to stream Canadian junior ice hockey. <laughs> I'm proud to say that Very I good that work. guy. Very good work. Liam <laughs> Kelly, who is no relation to me, said... 2015 Copa Libertadores final second leg versus Tigris was a 2am kickoff, uh, obviously in the UK. I watched the game and had to celebrate quietly due to family in bed. And after watching the celebrations, I then went straight to work, doing an eight-hour shift on no sleep. Nate Cubeta sprinted several blocks to not miss a 6pm local time Independiente Sudamericana kickoff. Johnny Jones said, I don't agree, but my friends think that I'm crazy for flying to Gran Canaria from London to see Barca play Las Palmas. Jack did nothing wrong. This one was my personal favourite. Jack did nothing... Unfortunately, you don't get a prize for being my personal favourite, but uh, I liked it. Jack did nothing wrong, said, I tried to convince a French bartender that I was Darren Fletcher's brother so that he would put the Scotland game on. (laughs) He eventually did, but possibly just so that I would leave him alone. Um, Scott Beetleston said, I can't claim anything remotely crazy as I've... All I've done thus far is sign up to every known betting site to get the fix, but I'll give a hypothetical solution I'm trying to work on to get over to watch River and others, which is trying to work out a plan to my honeymoon, sorry, trying to plan my honeymoon around a trip to Argentina and the Monumental, which is going like that, down like a lead balloon, as you can imagine. Um, and Eric said, in summer 2004, I had to talk my way in Spanish into a hostel in La Candelaria in Bogotá, to watch the second leg of Boca versus Once Caldas. Boca lost on penalties, sad face, and later that night someone was stabbed just outside. I wished it was me at the time. Uh, the winner, if we can have a drum roll from somebody, thank you, Dan, is Liam Kelly. There's no relation to me. Congratulations, Liam, you've won a six month free subscription to Fanatis. Pure nepotism. Indeed, and uh, as the folk from Fanatis say, um, you won't need to stay up until 2am or 4am to, to watch those matches anymore. You'll be able to get them uh, on, um, on demand as well. Fanatics include that. You can watch live and you can go back and watch on demand if you miss a match. Thanks. If you're not one of the lucky winners or if indeed you didn't enter, then remember that you can go to fntz.co slash hop or hop and type in the code when you sign up hopfz. Um, to get a 20% discount on your first three months. Many congratulations indeed to Liam for being the winner, and thank you very much indeed to Fanatis for providing that very generous prize. And now we'll get on with the second half of the podcast. Uh, Gents, unfortunately there are no big matches to talk about coming up in Buenos Aires this weekend, are there? Mm, Or in greater Buenos Aires? There are, I think. One or two? Yeah. Uh, independent uh, Racing's a fairly big match. Indeed it is, so. yes. Uh, you wanted, uh, first of all, though, to read out a stat about Licha Lopez, didn't you? A little bit of trivia, because I know uh, our fans do love pointless statistical trivia. Uh, Lisandro Lopez, who, as we mentioned, scored Racing's first goal to get them back on track against Godo Cruz on Monday. That was his 15th goal of the 2018-19 Superliga season. Uh, Mark, which puts him... Comfortably ahead uh, as the top scorer in the league. The second highest scorer is Emmanuel Giliotti, who is no longer in the league no, because he left Independiente for Mexico. I can't remember which club. Toluca. 
to look at. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, I knew yeah. it was one that began with T. I, I was like, it's not Tigress, but it's one of the yeah. T ones. And I believe the next person on the list is uh, another hand of Paul favourite, of course, uh, Pulga Rodriguez, who has 10 between Atletico Tucumán. Is there a cat now? Yeah, I'm not sure whether that's going to be a cat impression. I'm not sure whether that's going to be audible on the on the podcast because I've got the microphone turned right down. Uh, yeah. But if it is, then that's not Latrice. I didn't bring her with me. No. Anyway, carry on. La Pulga Rodriguez is indeed third with ten. El Pulga Rodriguez. El Pulga. Sorry, yes, you're quite so right. Yeah, Messi is from La Pulga Messi. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, five games, uh, five goals behind with six games to go. You'd think that Lisandro's got what it takes to take the top scorer mark. When, just oh, to interrupt before you read out the actual stat, Dan, during the break, when Dan was saying this by memory, he, he said that Lisandro Lopez had 16 goals in the season. I've just realised, actually, there have been 16 goals by Lisandro Lopez this Superliga season, because Lisandro Lopez for Boca Juniors scored a goal, didn't he, last ah, week? Ah, there you so, go. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll tackle it on it's, one. It's not the same one, but not quite. it'll do. Yes. This wouldn't be the first time that Lisandro Lopez has been the league's top scorer. He managed the same feat in the Apertura 2004, uh, which would have been September to December 2004, or around there, mm. uh, almost 15 years ago. This would make him the goal scorer, the top goal scorer, um, with the most. I love this phrase as um, it's put by someone else. With the biggest. Vigencia goleadora. Uh, basically, the, with the biggest gap between top scorer trophies. Mm. But the fact that Spanish has a kind of a neat phrase for this is one of the things I love about this language. Uh, with 15 years, he would be the most, the biggest Vigencia goleadora in the league, uh, taking over a pretty prestigious list. Um, do you know who's it. top? I, I, I do because you mentioned his name during the break the new Martin Palermo I'm guessing he's one of them he's, oh, he's on not the podium the at the moment but he's not the top he was okay. the one I can remember off the top of my head but so the other educated two guys, guesses yes. give us give us a rough era uh, 1970s ooh. Ooh. ooh is that for the first one or the second one the first hmm so the second one's going to be sometime in the 80s obviously correct maths, or possibly the 90s if it's very late 70s um, so let's go with Ooh, Kempes doesn't make any sense does he he didn't come back to Argentina to play I don't think mm. go on Carlos Bianchi oh, oh. he was top scorer in 1970 and then again in 1981 11 years okay the second it's not Palermo it's someone else who was in the 80s and 90s Andres a uh, lot of names, but I don't, uh, I, I, I don't uh, realize or I don't, uh, I, I will uh, say a lot of names and yeah, I'm we, sure I... Yeah, we very silly when we hear it, go It's someone, indeed, that Andres really should know, Enzo Francescoli. Oh, yes. Top scorer in 84 and 94. See, I always think of Francescoli, having not really seen him play, I always think of him as a playmaker rather than a, a goal scorer, but he did both, didn't he? Yeah. Indeed. And the third name on the list, Martin Palermo. Uh, nine years between his first is a uh, top scorer crown in 98 and then again in 2007 there we go there we so go. Lisandro Lopez is about to join the Pantheon it's a pretty yeah as I said it's a pretty uh, prestigious list yeah um, which is a good way really of segueing into Racing's next game yeah which is against Independiente the second biggest 
Uh, you know, we can discuss whether it's the second most passionate or indeed the most passionate or whatever. Um, but in terms of pure follower numbers, uh, the second biggest derby in the country. Um, and I, if you can hear all those noises in the background, I apologise. I'm hoping that the mic's turned out sufficiently that you can't. But Dan's neighbours are having some kind of parting with their children. Um, but anyway... It's, I was watching a discussion about this match actually earlier on television and uh, Horacio Pagani of TUC was shouting at various people, which is what he does, about how much better Racing are than Independiente um, and how they can't possibly lose the match. Damn. Oh, we didn't go that Thoughts? far. Um, yeah, if you look on paper, Racing would have to be the favourites. They've been far better in this year's Superliga than Independiente. But on the other hand... Um, Independiente Stadium has usually been a very unhappy hunting ground for, for Racing. I believe the last match they played there was the one-all draw, right? With Lisandro's uh, bicycle kick in... Wow, was that the last one? Yeah. 2016, yeah. Uh, yeah, it must have been. Because hmm. I think since then, uh, Racing hosted Independiente in 2017... And probably, yeah, a lot of the fixtures uh, were the same. 2018, same I don't think they, they haven't played. So, mm. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's been... Oh, a, that's right, yeah, there wasn't a, a match last year, was there, yeah? No. Because it was the second half of one season, the first half of another. Yeah, one of the symptoms of this ridiculous um, system that we've yeah. got now that just screws everything up. Uh, yeah, Independiente have, um, have gleefully destroyed Racing quite a few times in... Uh, in the on the in their own backyard, uh, even the year that Racing finished champions, I was mm. just seeing on on the TV as we were recording that Chacho Cadet has never lost uh, Independiente as as a coach mm. with Central. In a few games, he either won or lost, which could be a positive sign. But no, Racing just they have to do kind of the opposite of what they did against River and not think so much about the team who's on the other side and not change everything just for a single match and yeah just play the game uh, Independiente obviously they're not going to win the league and I think even no they're still in the running for Libertadores right if they finish very strongly yeah yeah they are currently 8th um, with 29 points they're in the Sudamericana spots yeah. uh, they are a point behind Belles, a point behind River uh Three points behind Huracan in six fifth. Six behind Boca and Atletico, I'm guessing. And yes, that's right. Six behind Boca and yeah. Atletico. So unlikely, but not they're possible, probably not going to get into a Libertadores spot. Yeah. But um, but they've got a great opportunity to spoil. Hmm. Um, which, of course, for any uh, Clásico rival, is almost as good as um, as winning the league yourself. And they're actually for all of the sort of noise around Ariel Olan and you know we were mentioning last week how various players have left Independiente and aren't getting on with him and all that. Um, they're not in bad form at the moment. After you might remember they they finished last year with uh, well they lo- they lost to Lanús and then they lost to Boca um, and then they ended the year with just a, a draw away to Godoy Cruz. But uh, in this year so far they're unbeaten, mm-hmm. which is something. Having said that they're not in bad form, they're not in fantastic form, either. they've drawn three and won one of those matches, um, but they're not conceding very many goals. No, it's um, not going to be an easy game by any means. Uh, I would think Racing would, would go on the front foot, because with Defensive Cordicia 
grinding out victories wherever you get the feeling that even if defensive play Boca a draw might not be good enough for Racing it kind of uh, push the initiative back on not back on on defensive side for the first mm. time um, no it's going to be a hell of a game and I'm actually going to be in Uruguay to watch it because I'm heading off that the same day on Saturday mm. so I'm going to be taking a list out a leaf out of our Fanatis competition enterers books and trying to find some sort of bar in <laughs> in a beach in Uruguay that will show the game I'm sure they will it should be that hard right no, if you're on a beach in Europe, well, I'd imagine there'll be a few Argentines with you that might want to watch it as well. So. Yeah, as long as they're not independent fans, we'll be alright. Otherwise, you might, I might be doing the next episode from some Montevideo jail or something. Or with a couple of black eyes. Yeah, very possible. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, it, it's... Um, it often has sort of been a relatively uh, entertaining game with... with if not necessarily always the football, there's generally been something to talk about. It's not tended to be, for instance, the Rosario Classico, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, which tends to be actually quite a dull game of football, mm-hmm. albeit with some spectacular stuff happening around it. Um, in recent years, it's been quite memorable. I'm just trying to remember what the result was when that mental one a few years ago when Teo Gutierrez pulled a gun on somebody afterwards. They won that one, right? 4 1 to Independiente. 4 1 to Independiente? Yes. I completely misremembered that. Okay, there we go then. I remember the tail got sent off and then. Um, took exception to something that Gish- was it Guillermo Sara goalkeeper uh, Sebastián Saja Sebastián Saja yes that's right I was you weren't far off like, names, you, know, yeah. you were on the right lines because uh, yeah. Guillermo Sara never played for, has never played for Racing has he no. um, so there we go anyway um, other big matches no hang on we don't normally do this do we we could do this though couldn't we the other big matches this weekend as we said defensive with versus Boca since we're talking about the title race um, that'll be an interesting one if Racing lose. That was damn touching wood in case yes. you were in, uh, um, not in that way. Uh, in case you <laughs> were knocking by board. that noise. Yes, indeed. Um, I, I have the I feeling. I think that Defensa can do that. Yeah, but I, I have the feeling. Call, should it? Well, I'm saying if Racing do happen to lose, that would give Boca once more a glimpse of a murmur of a opening of getting back into. The title race because they then move within seven points with hmm. five games left. Yeah, I'm just looking by the way at their previous meetings, Defensivo Tizio and Boca. It's not if Defensivo Tizio were to win, it wouldn't be their first ever win over Boca, but it would be their first ever home win over Boca. And do you know why that is? Why is that? This is their first ever home match against Boca. They have played in the Superliga 2014, the Superliga 20. Sorry, it wasn't called the Superliga, of course, but this app has got it all listed. The Superliga 2015, the Copa Argentina 2015, the Superliga... Okay, so the Copa Argentina would have been neutral, but Boca yes. were the home team in the draw. Um, but they played the Superliga 1-2, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. So that's 1-2, 3, 4, 5 matches, and all of them have been at Abamonera. <laughs> so this is the first time, if this app is showing me the correct things, that, that Defensivo Tizio will ever have played Boca in Florencio Barrena. Which perhaps puts Boca's complaints about not being able to take away fans into perspective. A little bit, yeah. Yes, Boca is the only grande that doesn't take uh, away fans. It's the, yeah, the, they're the, they're the only grande that haven't been allowed to take away fans to any matches so far this season in the Superliga. Because uh, there was a time in which uh, both teams ha- had the supporters or in, the, in the stadium and the, the team, the, which is 
this, which was the smaller that was away, mm. had to move to another stadium to play that match. Uh, could have been Vélez or... Or, well, or Toaster, yeah. Yes. Uh, in this case, it, it won't happen because, of course, the Defensive Justicia will be with their only supporters and it's not necessary to to go to another Iron Stadium. No, indeed. Um, let's move on to listeners' questions. It's Paul Reedy. This wasn't actually, I don't think, intended as a, a question for the podcast, but we'll answer it. Um, after listening to last week's episode, he said, do I get the vibe that you chaps are not feeling the romance with Defensa topping the table. Where can I read more about them in English or Spanish? Thanks. Um, I don't know whether it wasn't that we're not feeling the romance. We just wanted to give both sides of the story because actually when you dig into the stuff that we were talking about last week about you know who's funding Defensa Odisea and, and where this success is coming from and, uh, mm. and, and the work with certain agents who have, are able to take these cast-offs from other clubs and get them to come to Defensa Odisea, it's quite an interesting story it's not so much that um uh that, that we don't want them to win the league i mean obviously dan doesn't want them to win the league no. andres and i would much rather they won the league than racing and um not only for due to our river sympathies but also It'd be to... kind of like getting behind leicester back when they won the title but if leicester were almost owned by jorge mendes as yeah. a parallel yeah yeah something like that i mean which is know, hard to, would be hard to do if you've got to do it, or but it's not uh... to support Chelsea in anything for any reason. <laughs> what I think that what is interesting in this uh, case is that um, all of the twenty-six teams in Argentinian football in the Superliga, support at least the supporters or the players know whether they are capable or they can be become champions or not. But the supporters all of, of all of the teams, even Patronato, think they can be champions. Hmm. And uh, that if Defensa Justicia are the champions, this will be more or less that way. Because uh, three, three years ago or two were in the National B or uh, even uh, even uh, uh, farther. Far uh, they've been up for a while now. I was, I was just reading it's out gone on five the years, fixed, yeah. wasn't it? Five I was years. just reading out the fixtures with Boca, so they've been up since 2014. Yeah. Yes. Now, now you're used to watching the Vincent Justicia play in first division, but some time ago they weren't. You you mentioned them when they played for against, I don't know, Cambaceres or uh, Barracas or... Well, now they play River and, and they defeat River. They play in mm-hmm. Boca. Now they will play uh, and they can beat them... Uh, first in their time in history in their stadium, uh, they, 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 they defeat, I think, all of the big five uh, so far. Yeah, or, I think they have done, haven't they? Yeah. I, I mean, at some rest. point or another in, in, since they've come up, I think. Right? Uh, they, they, they are, well, or, or they are close, and, and they are the only team that haven't lost any matches still in the, in the Superliga. Mm. Uh, they, they, are, they are meeting or they are uh, having some uh, things that are... are Make them deserve, of course, the lead, and they, and if they become champions, to deserve it. But yes, in Argentina, I think that perhaps before in in England, before Leicester were the champions, I don't think Leicester fans were aware or or or, or really said yes, we can. In this case, in Argentina, all of the fans in all of all of the teams think really think they can be. Yeah, that dream is always there because it's so much more tumultuously, yes. let's say. Uh, Wayward from Hayward says, uh, he's actually, this wasn't intended as a question, um, he sent it last week, um, but uh, it, it's, it's reminded me to tell you um, that he has searched for Hand the Pod and nothing comes up on Spotify. I've got us onto Spotify last week, 
Um, so if you listen, if you're a Spotify user and you want a, an easier way, or you consider it to be an easier way of listening to Underpod, in theory you can now do so. In practice, it looks as if we're still not there yet because I can see stats. I can see that two people have listened to us on Spotify. But if you search for Underpod on Spotify, we don't appear. And if you click on the link, I noticed that I put on the tweet to which Wayward from Hayward um, was replying when he said this. It doesn't, at least on my phone, it didn't take me to our, our page no, on Spotify. No, it, it goes to, to the, the podcast, podcast producer thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, which it shouldn't have done. Um, so I'm going to get in touch with Spotify at some point. I'm quite busy at the moment when I'm not recording the podcast. But, but I'm, I'm going to get in touch with them at some point in the next week and find out why we're not showing up when, according to them, we should be showing up in your searches. But we are, in theory, we're on Spotify now. We are, we are on Spotify. Are I, I searched, I don't know whether it was Sam Kelly and it appeared Hannah Paul. Ah, so uh, if you search for so my name, Sam, search Kelly, for Sam Kelly, then you can find Hannah Pod apparently. I, I responded also <laughs> to that tweet. Don't, don't search for Hannah Pod because we don't show up if you search for Hannah Pod for some reason. <laughs> no. Um, who knows why that is, but anyway... In theory, we're on Spotify. And in fact, there we go. Andres, I'm yes. going to retweet that now. In reply to uh, Wayward from Hayward, Andres has, has tweeted a link to open the podcast on Spotify. Let's just verify that this works. Yes, it does. There we go. Hand pod by Sam Kelly. Yes. How bizarre that that doesn't happen. Uh, presumably, the other thing is, I did this just after uploading last week's episode. So possibly, once this week's episode gets uploaded in the RSS feed for the podcast updates, then we'll be a bit easier to find. But... It strikes me as a bit bizarre that you can't find this by searching yes. for the title of the podcast. Anyway, um, other questions that we have had. That's Dan's note to himself to mention the statistic he gave us about Lisandro Lopez. Um, we've got lots of mentions. Oh, these are all because of the, um, uh, the because of the prize draw. Uh, Oscar Pe- Mulder says, which is higher, the number of yellow cards that Pablo Perez has earned during his career or Ricardo Centurion's IQ? It's got to be... He has to have a hundred odd, and yeah. I don't think that Centurion's got it. So he'll be it. suspended for his first Avicenna Clásico. Fitting, yes, in many ways, isn't it? Um, Jushin Thunderlager says, "Why do River seem disinterested in the title this season, and what actually happened for them to be relegated a few seasons back?" To the second question, uh, you should look up Handapod episode twenty-seven. The reason that that is in my mind is because it's also the episode that Tim Vickery came on, and that was the episode that we recorded immediately after River's relegation, uh, and also right before the Copa America 2011, which is why Tim Vickery was on it with us. Um, And yeah, we we went through a lot of stuff on that one. Uh, Sebastián García was with us as well, uh, who obviously grew up a a racing fan and has grown up in Argentine football and talks about the fact that he never thought he'd see River relegated. Um, Check that one out. It's also one of one of my favourite episodes still it was it's, a good one yeah it's also very very long so check it out when you've got oh, yeah. lots of, of spare time and full of stars Tim Vickery Sebastián García are one. indeed yeah and that's before we even get into Australian Dan cool. Dan had probably forgotten existed as well Federal finest but uh, there we are um, as for why River seemed disinterested in the title this season because they do it every season yeah right? they, they only care about the Copa Libertadores these days yes yeah. I, I, I think I explained it and I, what I think happens uh, that when Gallardo, as, as well as, uh, uh, mean, meanwhile, or while Gallardo, sorry, is, is on, in charge of the River Plate's bench, he makes the players be too much focused on, on, on international competitions and no, or, or at least 
not in the, in the middle or, or the half focused in the in the Superliga or, or Argentinian or domestic football. Uh, that has to do with mental uh, uh, problems, not that not they, are, they have mental problems, but with something that has to do with the focus and, and that they can't pay the, the same attention to the uh, not not important matches mm. and to have all of the attention to the to the what they understand are key matches or that matches that define a, a, a ticket to to a following round a further round in a, in, a, in a cup or in a international competition and and, and they can't do anything apart apparently uh, I, I would like River to win a, a Superliga when Machado is 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 there in, their, in his position. But apparently it has to do with uh, uh, when they have the possibility they, they they can't take it. This time it was like that against Banfield. They had a, a big chance chance and well uh, for one reason or another they can't take it. Yeah, I think they get let off the hook as well by this media idea and fan idea that fixture congestion in Argentina means mm. that it's okay. When in fact there is no fixture congestion. They there play really far fewer it. league games than I mean not just River but Clubs in Argentina, full stop, play far fewer league games than elsewhere per season. Uh, play roughly the same number in, you know, Rivers' case, if you're in the group stage of the Libertadores and you reach the final of the Libertadores, then you play one match more because the final's two-legged than you do in the Champions League in Europe. Um, so fixture congestion isn't actually a thing. Admittedly, travel distances are vastly larger than in Europe, but, yeah, but it, River, it, it gets overblown and they get let off the hook as a result. River in the knockout around. stages played against Racing, Independiente... Gremio and Boca. Yeah. That's no travel time. No, whatsoever. well, indeed, yeah. yeah. So, in so fact, the longest trip is an hour, the shortest was 15 minutes. Yeah. No, what, no. What, what we should say is the Libertadores can be tremendous travel times. I mean, the previous time they won it, they were And if they send you to Spain, that does Tigres, extend travel yes. distances a little Well, Gachado said against Banfield, which, of course, could have uh, uh, been read as, as, a, as an excuse, is that he, they had to play a lot of matches all in a row, which is, it, they knew that it would be like that because they couldn't play, play them uh, in 2018. And apart from the Fesico Tizia game, mm. which was cancelled or postponed because of the security issues, all of them were because they played, uh, of course, Copa Libertadores and... and well, I think one was because of a concert, wasn't it, or something, in the Monumental? Oh, I think it was... I think. Or G20, the, 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 like the Congress... Uh, that uh, uh, one was because of G20 yeah you're quite yeah. right and then the other two were the Libertadores and then the defensive DC one was yeah, the security or it got rained off or something like that so when they say yeah, that they, yeah, the, the calendar and we have a lot of matches well you are river and you have to play a lot of matches and yeah. that's not an excuse no, exactly um, but yeah I mean in short just interested in the title because I mean it's not what they see as the priority which I realise is a bit just repeating the question back at you but mm. it's something that we're kind of Irritated by as well. Um, Erland says, question for Underpod 326, which clubs are the hipster clubs in Argentina? The Union Berlin and St. Pauli of the Superliga. It's not I, really. No, I mean... People have their obviously, clubs and they tend to hate everyone else. From, from, from an English-speaking point of view, if you're in, well, you know, anywhere in Western Europe or in, uh, in the United States or whatever... Any club in Argentina is a hipster club to follow because Argentine football is a hipster club to follow, so we're probably a hipster football podcast. Well, I've seen among but, Argentines a tendency to um, to adopt the two Tucumán clubs as kind of hipsterish. Ah, oh, look, they're in Tucumán and they do crazy shit. Ah, oh, they're going to throw a sheep onto the 
onto the pitch in a bit. That does happen. Yeah. So I think that would probably be the closest, those two teams. Because obviously, yeah. Tucumán for uh, Porteño, for Buenos Aires resident, is pretty much the Wild West. Indeed. Anything yeah. can happen. So we'll, we'll go with that one. Stephen Hooley says the Superliga title has a chance of going to the final game of the season with the two main protagonists, Racing and Defensa Odisia, playing each other. What have been the closest title races in Argentina in the past? Has there ever been a Michael Thomas moment or an Aguero? Um, to which the answer is, that's a reference to the commentary when he scored that goal after Man United's game had already finished um, and United were top of the league and then Aguero scored in like the 96th minute to win the league for City. Um, to which the answer is that possibly before Dan's time following Argentine football, because you've followed Argentine football since you moved here, basically, haven't you? Yes. So, but before Dan's time, I think. But, but just after I first started paying attention to, no, actually, a few years after I started first paying attention to, before I moved here, uh, in 20, oh, I want to say eight off the top of my head, there was a three-way tie at the top of the league between Boca Juniors, San Lorenzo and Tigre, which had to be settled by a three-way playoff, a mini-league between those three clubs. And I have a feeling that weren't Tigre on the verge of also finishing joint top? No, Estudiantes and Boca finished joint top. And they um, had to play a final? About in, that was 2006, it must have been, yes. right? Um, which was crazy, because Boca was six points clear with two games to go, and Estudiantes managed to, to push it back. And they had the possibility, like, they had this time to win the, the three times championship, the uh, campeonato like we say here and they of course they yeah. couldn't they're, they're third in a row which is something that Boca have never done um, which is always surprising the first time that you hear it uh, if, if you're just uh, getting into Argentine football but yeah Boca have never won three league titles in a row was also and that very, was how they were denied it yeah. there's also a very close one I think at the end of 2013 the Apertura which involved, if I remember correctly, San Lorenzo and Newell's, mm. like a horrible, horrible championship. There was one where San Lorenzo won it by something with something like 33 points, which is terrible. And on the last day, both of the teams lost, kind of leaving San Lorenzo as a champion by default, ultimately. It's, ring, it's ringing a bell somehow. Something along those lines. It was like, yeah. it was, yeah, it was close because everyone was just so inept, basically. Yeah. So there you go, Stephen. We didn't even have to go that far back to uh, answer that question. It's always close. I mean, obviously, you know, the format helps since we've had so many short tournaments. There's mm. only so much a single team can pull away. Yes, indeed. Yeah, especially in when, games. Yeah. Uh, Liam Kelly, who is no relation to me, says, how long will Juan Fernando Quintero... Oh, wait. I've got a very oh, a famous on. one for you, the Racing 2001. Oh, I didn't realise um, that was a close one. Go on. They won it by uh, a single point. Um, thanks to uh, one all draw against Vélez. It wasn't last minute or anything, but it was right down to the wire, and obviously because it was Racing's first title in 35 years. Mm. Uh, they went by one point over River, who I think didn't play on the same day, because it was all very... It was, cause it was mixed <laughs> very up. Argentine football. Well, it was mixed up with the 2001 riots, of course. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah, where yeah. Argentina had five presidents in a week, mm. and in the middle of that, uh, Racing played this final against uh, against Vélez. Wasn't it close to Christmas? The 27th of December it was. It's so actually after Christmas. Oh, wow. Between That's... Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, I always forget it was that late. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Liam Kelly says, How long will Juan Fernando Quintero remain at River until Europe snap him up? I've read that he'll be signing a three-year deal with a 25 million euro release clause. Yeah, but that's a detail in order for River to have more money 
for a transfer because it is said that by the end of the this season he could leave. Can you uh, see someone paying twenty five million for him though? I've already come. If he keeps playing like he is at the moment, then yeah. But that's Quintero's problem. He doesn't generally keep playing as well as he does. In no, but he has done now for a few games in a row. Uh, and I think with the number 10 and, and with the increased um, centrality to the team now that Gonzalo Martinez has left and, and Quintero has mm. been... you know, that, That's why I mentioned the number yeah. 10, not so much that the number in itself means something, but that Quintero has been given this number, which means, look, you're the main man now. Yeah. Um, and there was something after, uh, after one of River's recent matches, which I saw on the television, which was a couple of clips from last year... Um, when Quintero came on and uh, was playing a couple of balls like square across the midfield to Poncio mm. and uh, they showed a clip of Gachardo on the sideline I think it was Teixe it might have been Paso a Paso actually because it's the kind of clip that Paso a Paso would show um, of Gachardo on the sideline shouting at him Juanfer what are you doing you're giving the ball to the number five come on man you're the playmaker <laughs> like do it yourself you, you play the passes um, and then they were contrasting that with the passes that he's now playing on a much more regular basis, the kind of passes that we saw from him a lot last year, but which he's now looking for constantly and saying, you know, he's, he's taking charge. Um, if he continues to play like this, then yeah, I can, I can see him going to Europe. But he Definitely, seems but it's, to be uh, happy at River as well yeah. at the moment. That's the other thing. I'd say it's a big place. if still. If he finishes 2019 in the same form as he started it, like, I'd say yes. Yeah. You'll, you'll convince me. Mm. Uh, anyway, they want to... Sorry, Tom. Uh, they want to prevent not to happen the same thing that happened with... Uh, Lucas Arario, who left one day before the, the transfer window closed. And, yeah, and they couldn't find a replacement for And him, yeah. with the release clause, which was not higher, that mm. high, and they want at least to have this obstacle for the club that wants Interio uh, to play for them. Uh, because, of course, he's doing well. Uh, 2018 wasn't that, that, that great. And in, in these uh, last matches, he has been scoring and playing very, 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 very well, and of course he he must keep this. But if he he does like like uh, Dan says, if he does, no doubt that he will. Uh, a lot of clubs in Europe will have uh, or will uh, will like him to 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 have him back because he has already played there. Uh, not with not that uh, um, fluently like uh, Porto, for example, but. Uh, with with the continuous playing and playing the way he's playing right now, for sure he will leave. I yes. think it's, it's, it's for sure. Yeah. Um, JM says congrats on the new sponsor. Fanatics is a great service, and that wasn't one that we asked people to send in, by the way. Uh, and Perfect Tommy says, who are some young players in the Superliga that I should be paying attention to? Who is the young, youngest? youngest who are some young players that he should be paying attention to? There's, like, just from the lo- last week's evidence, uh, Saracho is going from strength to strength. I think in Racing, uh, Julian Alvarez is showing some interesting things for, for River. Gonzalo Maroni from Tacheres um, yeah. yesterday. Uh, oh, wait, why, why were they playing yesterday? They were playing in the Libertadores yesterday. They got a yes. 1-1 draw. 2-2. Two, 2-2 two. Two, two draw, sorry. All right, against uh, Palestino of Chile, having gone 2-0 up. Uh, Maroni replaced American, Joel Sonora. Uh, in the second half um, so look out for Sonora I guess he's you know, somebody who a lot of our American listeners are looking out for um, but Maroni is, is obviously we've talked about him uh, quite a bit in recent episodes because he was one of the heroes of Argentina's recent relatively successful uh, Sudamericano Sub-20 campaign another young Tacheres prospect of course is uh, one Pablo Guinassu who continues to run like a 21 yes, year old at the age of just 39 I think yeah. that most of the national 
under 20 national uh, Pedro team. Pedro Vega, of course, he's probably shine. He's a guy, the youngster mm-hmm. who's shown possibly the most in in the Argentine Primera, which is ironic because yeah, he was one of the two youngest players in the Sudamericana Sud- Sud- squad as well. He's only 17. So. De la Vega, Almada appeared like uh, he would be, I think, with more play that he finally got got in, in yeah, Chile. Yeah, he's too young. Yes, yeah, too young. Very of course, of Boca has done mm. some decent things. But no, there's a few. There's, there's always a few. Maroni, by the way, I mentioned Maroni as a Tacheres player, but he's actually on loan at Tacheres from Boca. Yes. But he's uh, he looks really sharp and very creative. I like him. It wouldn't be crazy if Reynoso comes back to Tacheres and Maroni to Boca, like a change. No, like I wouldn't be that surprised because Reynoso has not played well at all for no. Boca, no. for Boca recently. Um, anyway, on that note, those are all of our listeners' questions. So stay right where you are, and after this music, you will hear my predictions, and you will also hear. Mystic Liam Kelly's predictions. Our Fanatis winner um, has decided to take me on at the prediction game this weekend, so don't go away. Here are Mystic Liam's and Mystic Sam's predictions for the weekend to come. There are some interesting fixtures. Uh, I've just looked through these. I'm actually I'm not doing these off the top of my head. I just quickly during the break uh, jotted my predictions down. So here we go. Tigre versus Patronato. Both of us agree that that's going to be a Tigre victory. Although, as we said earlier, it's probably too little, too late for them. Colon versus Banfield. Liam is going for a draw. I'm going to go for a Banfield win after being impressed with them against Riva last weekend. Lanús against Central. Liam's going for a Lanús victory, which is an interesting call. I think I'm going for a draw in that one. Uh, Godoy Cruz versus Belles Sarsfield. Liam's going for a draw. I'm going for a Belles win in Mendoza. Godoy Cruz don't lose many games in Mendoza, but I think that that's going to be one of them. I'm not sure why. Huracan versus Union. Liam says an Huracan win. So do I. Belgrano versus San Lorenzo. Liam thinks that Belgrano are going to win that. I think it's going to be a draw. Independiente versus Racing, the big Clásico. Liam says draw. I think Racing are going to win it. River versus San Martín de Tucumán. We're both going for River victories. It might not be the biggest game for River, but I... if they can't beat San Martín de Tucumán in the Monumental, then Gachardo really should be on his bike. Atletico Tucumán <laughs> versus Argentina. Yeah, I don't care how seriously they're taking it. They, they have to win that one. Atletico Tucumán versus Argentinos Juniors. Uh, we're also both going for home wins in that one. Estudiantes versus Tacheres. We disagree on. Liam's going for an Estudiantes win. I think it's going to be a draw. Defensa y Justicia versus Boca. Liam says it's a draw. I say it's a Defensa y Justicia victory. Aldo Civi versus Gimnasia. Liam says it's a home win, and so do I. And we are also both going for home wins in Newells versus San Martín de San Juan. There are some interesting matches this weekend, I think, oh, apart indeed. from the obvious two, the Clásico de Avellaneda um, and Defensa Justicia Boca. Um, Godoy Cruz versus Vélez could be very interesting. Tigre Patronato could be as well. I mean, the way the Tigre played and the way the Patronato occasionally play when they're in the mood you, you never quite know the relegation titans yeah, yeah indeed no I mean <coughs> combined with that fact I think it could be a, a fairly dramatic game it might yeah. turn out to be a complete damn squib but awesome. it could be a very dramatic game um, 
And yeah, no, there are one or two others actually as well. Yeah. Uh, Colon Banfield has some potential to be interesting. Aldo Sibi Gimnasia as well. We mentioned last week how Aldo Sibi have um, sort of. Or maybe we didn't mention it last week. Maybe I mentioned it on Handapod Extra on Sunday night. How how Aldo Sibi have kind of very quietly and without us really noticing have crept up the table and had actually quite a sort of decent run of form. And uh, I believe Aldo Sibi are Defensa Justicia's next rivals in the yellow and green horrible shirt derby. Ah, there we go. Why do you say horrible shirt? Huh? I think it's a fine. Yellow and green together is very English Sunday league. I'm saying that because my local that, Sunday that league team make it wore a a yellow and green at all. Uh, anyway, Aldo Sibi are ninth. Um, in fact, they're in the Copa Sudamericana spots, a point ahead of Union. Um, and yeah, they, they um, as I said, we haven't really mentioned them very much, but they're, they're whenever yeah. I read them, I think, oh, relegation candidates. And then I hadn't really twigged that we've talked about the relegation battle quite a lot and we never mentioned their name. And it's because they're not in the relegation no. battle. Uh, and, and that's why so they're one of the clubs who've really flown under the radar. Uh, so I think that one could be quite an interesting game. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you very much indeed for listening to us for another week. If you're a Handapod Extra listener, then you will get a Handapod Extra um, along with this podcast on the Patreon page, which we're going to record just now. Don't know what it's going to be about. We're about to find out ourselves. We should say that to our Patreon patrons, if they wish to suggest any interesting talking points or oh, yeah, subjects they'd like to know more about in a kind of more rarefied, exclusive environment, kind of a lounge yes. podcast. Where we suggest by Twitter, we drink whiskey and fine wine and cognac instead of Fernet. Well, if we get a few more patrons, maybe then we might. Yes, yeah. you, sh- you shouldn't drink, especially when it's well. You shouldn't mix, especially when it's this yeah. hot. At the moment, uh, we're so. on Fernet and Rothmans, but we could go out to indeed to cognac. Well, cigars. we're on Fernet. Dan's on Rothmans. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you very much for listening to us, for putting us up with us for another week, and for now, it's goodbye from Andres. Thank you. Goodbye, English Dan. Goodbye and farewell. And me. Goodbye, Goodbye. and farewell. Thank you and farewell. That was it. Indeed. Goodbye.